Welcome to Teaching Restored, where we help teachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ teach better to help bring others to Christ. That's that's really what the whole thing is about. I'm Kevin Jones. I'm Julie Hilliard. And we are going to get going, except Julie, you have a thought. I do have a thought, but first I have to make fun of you. Because when you try and do that intro, it's like you know what you want to say, but then you're all, but 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 I know because it's almost the same, but it's not scripted, but it's almost the same. Sorry, right? So do you feel mocked appropriately? Mocked? No, 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 no. That that's actually excellent. I love that because (laughs) you are exact. That's exactly what I was thinking. I know exactly what I want to say, and I start saying it. I'm like, I'm not saying it the way I want to say it, and I almost just stopped us. And said, let's re-record it. But you know what? This is real life. You know what's funny? Is I saw that thought go through your brain. Oh, stop. And I actually, you know what I thought? <laughs> I did. I saw it. I have ESP. It's pretty amazing. So, but you know what I thought? Don't you feel like that sometimes when you're standing up in front of a group? You feel like, wow, that didn't come out how I wanted it to come out. I oh, yeah. literally have hit backspace and I've said, hold on, blah, 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 rewind. And then, or my kids call it fast backwards. And I'll just take the class on a quick fast backwards. Okay, I'm going to do that right now. Ready, set, go. Hi, this is Teaching Restored, where we help teachers of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ help their students come closer to Christ. I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Julie Hilliard. <laughs> fast backwards. Good job, Kevin. Thanks. I'm getting no, used I'm to it. Fast, I'm a fast forwardist. Are you ready? Okay, fast forward us. <laughs> Nobody wants to dwell on that introduction. It's great, but come on, let's get to the good stuff. Okay, so I had this thought while we were praying in preparation for our podcast today. And I just, you know, we've, I think, posted 10 episodes at this point of our current recording. So whenever this comes out, whatever, mm-hmm. 10 episodes. And I realized that I am more insecure as a teacher right now than I've been in a long time. And I'm like, what is happening? And I realized something. So I love pickleball. I think we might've like <clears throat> tangentially mentioned pickleball a couple times. Maybe, here. maybe I not. I but I actually, when I first started playing, I was so bad that my husband bought me pickleball lessons for Christmas. I remember. Awesome. And Pickleball Paul was my instructor, and the first lesson he taught me was this. He said that you go through four stages when it comes to learning a new skill. And the first is unconscious incompetence, which means you stink and you don't really know why. And then the second is conscious incompetence, which means you still stink, but you know why. And that's excruciatingly painful. And then you come to un or excuse me, conscious competence, which means you actually know what you're doing right and you can repeat it and you're doing awesome. And then there's unconscious competence. My dog just climbed in a box. Unconscious competence, which means it's habit. It's like just you do it without even thinking about it. Sure. And I think that what we're talking about here is going to take all of us as we apply it through these stages specifically of painful conscious incompetence. And so I can't even tell you how many times I have stood up in front of my class in the past, you know, month or two months and said, 
oh my gosh, I totally just did what we talked about last week, which was a big fat no-no. Or, <laughs> dang, why didn't I apply what, that, 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 you know what I mean? And it is painful. Like, it's so painful. Take heart. Like, this is part of getting better. And so I am actually encouraged that it's kind of like, you know, with our sins and mistakes, it's like the more we learn about the gospel, the more painfully aware we are of the places where we're falling short. And in teaching, it's going to be the same way, but it is actually a sign that you're making progress. I remember feeling so discouraged once about some things that were going on with my son, Matt, who has special needs. And I had a therapist say to me, she's like, are you kidding me? The fact that you're even aware of what's going on right now, the fact that you're seeing it and understanding, you know, the antecedent and you're understanding, you know, how to analyze the behavior a little bit more, blah, blah, blah. She's like, wow, you've made amazing progress. And I'm like, I'm the worst parent. How are you saying that? So that is my take heart, little one message. Like be encouraged by the fact that you might feel terrible for a while. Enjoy your pain, relish in it. <laughs> is that fair? That is very fair. And it's not very like true. Or anything weird, but I'm no, just, that's... enjoy the pain. <laughs> that reminds me of a, um, uh, of a conference talk I heard years ago by one of the 70. I don't remember who it was, but he said, do we ever intentionally inflict pain on our children? And he said, yes, we do. We do. <laughs> Yeah. We, we, we take them to the doctor to get shots, but what does that do? Right. That helps them get better, right? That's kind of almost what I feel like this might be. Listen to the podcast. You'll feel pain and you'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> we are happy to inflict pain. Just so you know, we're feeling pain too. Yes, it is, is that, very true. I am yeah, with like you. This, this is like a very humbling experience in my opinion to be yeah. trying to articulate some of the things that we're also trying to apply and not always doing well so right now we haven't okay so one thing about our podcast is we don't often talk about what we're going to talk about to each other hmm. we just go into it a lot of times sometimes we do but most of the time we don't yeah intentionally we don't right and just for everyone out there just so you know julie this morning said hey before we get started, can I say this one thing? And, and so, which is what she said. Now, oddly enough, it fits so perfectly with what it isn't. It isn't like it's the same thing at all, but it fits so perfectly. And I'm going to get back to what you said here at the beginning for what I'm going to talk about today. It's, I was just sitting there going, I cannot believe you're saying this. This is blowing my mind that it's the, yeah, it, I honestly it have no so idea right. still what we're going to talk about. You don't. So. Okay. <laughs> So, okay, here we go. Are you ready? Uh -huh. Okay. If you would tell me, you, so you teach adults, you also teach teenagers. What is their view on repentance? Okay, honest answer is it's evolving a lot. Like okay. I would say that teenagers still have a view that's a little bit more like scripted, kind of like we did in our youth where repentance is you know, a process and you do it when you sin, you know, kind of a little bit more of a linear thing. But I really do think that our understanding of repentance in the adult setting has evolved and the conversations that we're having are evolving more to fit the framework that President Nelson's been trying to teach, or the paradigm, I should say, that President Nelson's been trying to teach us about constant repentance being like a turning and returning to the Savior. Okay. 
but it isn't there yet do you think or do you or do you think it um, is or and and with adults teens where you know where might they be from your interaction with them that's a really good point i think it's an intentional like we're probably in a phase of conscious incompetence in terms of doing it right like sure. we are really consciously making an effort to make repentance part of our daily routine to apply that um kind of paradigm if you will to how we view repentance how we view our own progress but i think it's still conscious it's not yet at that unconscious competence place it's not part of who we are and just how we are right is that a fair yes way to put it i i, I think i would agree with that yeah i like that okay, okay now open up to second nephi 221 if you would please okay one of my favorite chapters and whenever uh -huh. we do well that that's kind of unfair because when we do a family scripture study and we're really into the scriptures i'll say oh this is one of my favorites and they're like yeah everything is your favorite dad whatever well at least you're really into scripture study sometimes when you study with your family like i'm still hung up on that good job well no, no. <laughs> i say like, let's open the scriptures and everybody wants a snack and I, is hungry and I, wants to do flips well i didn't say this happens every time by any means because getting my kids to actually open up the scriptures and dive in <laughs> that's not an easy thing to do it's so hard that i sometimes I, shy away from it because it is so hard Honestly. I know. I've been trying to sneak it in, like just sneak it. I'm trying to be like a ninja, a scripture ninja. <laughs> scripture ninja. <laughs> okay, so Second Nephi two twenty one. You said yes. right. Will you please read that whole verse here? So, and by it. the way, this is Lehi talking to Jacob, and it's just full of doctrine. That's awesome. So, go ahead and read that if you would please. Okay, awesome. I'd love to. And the days of the children of men were prolonged according to the will of God, that they might repent while in the flesh. Therefore, wherefore their state became a state of probation and their time was lengthened according to the commandments, which the Lord God gave unto the children of men. For he gave commandment that all men must repent for he showed unto all men that they were lost because of the transgression of their parents. Hmm. Okay. Who needs to repent? All men, all men. All men and women need to repent. All of mankind need to repent or else they were lost. Okay, so now go, go to Jacob chapter 7, verse 12. Okay, that's would. the cross-reference for 21 for the word lost, right? Yeah, it is. It is a cross-reference. If cross you look down cross in the footnotes. Exactly. There. Okay, I just wanted to point that out. Um, Jacob, Enos, Jerem, Omni. Okay, Jacob, what again? 712. Okay. And, oh, duh, I just saw it with my own eyes. And my pages are stuck together in Jacob. <laughs> I don't know why. That peanut butter. Oh, my gosh. I seriously can't get them apart. I'm, like, delaying the podcast. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is embarrassing. <laughs> okay, I'm there. Okay. Go ahead and read that if you would okay. as well. I'd love to. And this is not all. It has been made manifest unto me, for I have heard and seen. And it also has been made manifest unto me by the power of the Holy Ghost. Wherefore, I know if there should be no atonement made, all mankind must be lost. So here we have lost again. Tell me, what is the definition of lost? 
for you. Don't look, don't look at the scriptures for you. When you hear, when you read that, when you read that, all mankind must be lost. Um, Okay, so what what do I think of? Mm -hmm. So first I think about an eternal perspective, like not having the opportunity. It's not like Heavenly Father forgets us and all of a sudden we're lost wandering and he can't find us. Okay. Rather, we're the other way around. We might be, we might struggle to find him if we're not repenting if we're not keeping the commandments, if we're not like that, he'll be lost to us. And then I think about that in the eternal sense too, in terms of the rewards that we'll be lost out on. Okay. So you have, you, I don't know if you know this, but you kind of spoke about two different definitions of the word of lost. I did actually know that I spoke about two different definitions. Did you, did you recognize that? Very good. Very good. Pretty much a genius. I'd like to think so. Oh, wait, humility, humility, Julie. That's right. That's right. So (laughs) one way, one thing that you said was um, lost as in wandering. We're lost. We we don't know where we are, Mm -hmm. right? And the other one is more of an unrecoverable lost. We aren't lost to Heavenly Father. So tell me, give me to me, if you would, the characteristics of the wandering of, of wandering, what when, when we talk about being lost and we're wandering, give me the characteristics of that, if you would. Um, confusion. I'm just going to use kind of little one Great. word ones. Um, maybe wavering. Um, in darkness, like our mind and view, so to speak, perspective is clouded. Okay. Um, that we are directionless, maybe paralyzed, stagnated. Because we can't really move because we don't know which direction to move in. Okay. Um, good. Who, like, whose fault is it that we are lost and wandering? And, and, and let's say I'm in, well, let's say I'm in, you're in the car mm-hmm. and you're lost, right? I mean, okay. go to the broad, not just spiritually lost, but the word lost. Yeah. Whose fault is it that you're lost? So, oh, <laughs> you're... <laughs> What if somebody, remember when we didn't have GPSs and the person that you were going to visit would give us directions? Yes. And maybe they gave you bad directions. But right. if we're applying this spiritually, I don't think that we're going to imply that God is giving bad directions. Hmm. Okay. So it is usually our fault that we are lost. Right. Especially so it's, we do have GPS. Right. Now, we do have the spiritual GPS, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yep. It these, says it in here. These things. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We, and the Holy these Ghost. Are, right. And the, the Holy Ghost. Ghost. Right. And, 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 and the priesthood. And, 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 and all these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it is kind of our fault that we're lost if we want to look at it that way. But, you know, whether whose fault or not, if we are wandering, do we want to be lost? So I do not personally because I really crave stability. And I actually. I, I don't think this is the answer that you're necessarily looking for, but I think that some people don't want to be found. It is the answer that I'm looking for, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, the, or the point that the point that I wanted you to possibly say, yes, that is yeah. one of the things. Some people are okay being lost. They don't mind. Right? Yeah. They think the best adventures happen when you're, when lost, you're lost. Right? Which I, I tell you, I've been out hiking and I have not known where I was and I was just discovering and 
I learned some, it was some right. of my best adventures are those times at the same time. Right. So, hmm. Okay. 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 Let's just leave that. So let's okay. go to the other definition of lost being unrecoverable. Can you give to me an, an, an instance where you lost something and it was unrecoverable or felt like it was unrecoverable? And how did you feel? Um, okay. Well, okay. So felt like it was unrecoverable. Like, I mean, I've lost my child for like a minute and thought I was going to die in that. Minute. Tell us about that. Tell, tell us. Well, I can't remember a specific instance. I just know that it's happened before, but I'm okay. like, it was a Disneyland. <laughs> Where was I? I can't remember. Oh, I'll give you one. Here's one. And it wasn't me that necessarily felt it, except that I felt it with the person. So my husband dove into the water because he was jumping off a rock while we were waiting. We just floated a river, jumping off a rock, dove in, and his Apple watch fell off. And there's like a really strong current. And he's like, dang it, his new Apple watch, right? right. He's like, there's no way. There is no way we're going to find that. Like, I just, dang, you know, he was so irritated. And I was super bugged with him because I hadn't wanted him to go jumping off anyway. There was a strong current. I was like, you're a doofus. And then you go and you <laughs> lose your watch, right? So I was frustrated. He was frustrated. We thought there's no way. But then, and this might not make your point, but then our friend, who's like kind of a superhero stud guy, he like dives in with his goggles and he found it. Wow. Like we couldn't believe it. But in those moments, we were like, what? That, that's expensive. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Now tell me, how do you think Heavenly Father feels when he might think that we are un unrecoverable? Oh my gosh. Because of Don't our own. Desperate. I think he feels like, please, 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 please. Don't you? Like I, right. that anxiety, that desire, oh, I wish, oh, I want, oh, I please, oh, I, you know what I mean? Like yes. all of that, I think. I think about hesed, that word that talks about like that covenantal relationship that we have with him. And someone in class said once, and I, or we read it in a talk, something, but I think it was somebody in class said, it's almost like this feeling that no matter how far we wander, he will keep chasing after us. Like he's going to keep trying to find that which is lost, so to speak. That, but like with a, a chasing after kind of a feeling. I'm That's using good. my hands to talk and it was a little aggressive. Sorry. That's good. Don't you think though our Heavenly Father feels aggressive and would talk yeah. with his hands as well if he was saying, no, come, come to me, come, right? Right. Right. I, I, totally. I totally agree with that. Absolutely. I mean, we. Th I think of the the movie in the temple, the older movie where when Jehovah goes back to visit the father and he kind of casually walks out, and and uh, and and that's very solemn. Very. I almost feel like he might turn around and go, "Okay, what what happened now?" I mean, not that he yeah. doesn't already know, but okay, what's going on, right? <laughs> There'd be right, a little right, bit right. more animation in it. And okay, who's lost? Who do we find? Did it, right? There's a lot more to it that I think, right? That, that's that's I know, how you I... Kind of, don't you fill that in in your brain just a little bit? Maybe. I might too. Yeah, maybe. Okay, so looking at my notes here. Okay, so it's funny that when I asked you that first question, you said, I'm trying to think of like when I lost a child or Disneyland. So the experience I had, I lost a child at Disneyland. 
I lost Merritt. Merritt, who is now serving in the DC South mission. I lost, we, we just went on the Incredicoaster, what was, you know, I don't know, remember what it was called. Yeah, it's not that anymore, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that was. At California Adventure. Yes, yes. So, and then we started going towards the Ferris wheel type thing. We're going that way. And then Kelly turned around and said, I don't see Merritt, where is she? And we looked around, she wasn't there. My first thought was, what if we never see her again? What if oh she is gosh. unrecoverable? What if we never find her? I know Disneyland is pretty good about that, but oh my goodness. And I sprinted back to the entrance of the Incredicoaster. And there is my little Merritt with her blonde pigtails coming down and her Mickey Mouse ears on just standing there crying, just very, very controlled tears running down. And I ran up and I gave her a big hug and apologized of course and felt so much relief that i found her but i was thinking that she was lost in one way she didn't know what direction to go she would have been wandering i was thinking lost in the other way of i may not find her so in that way both both definitions were at play at the same time all right now so that's interesting because so we are never lost from him but we can be lost at the same time like we can lose him kind of maybe we lose him okay so i'm glad you said that's perfect now i want you to go to alma 37 47 okay let's jump over to that <laughs> let's see if my scripture pages will come apart better this time 37 47 yes and this is when Alma is talking to, oh, I forgot to check, but I think it is to Helaman. It's to Helaman. Okay. 37, 36, sorry, 37, 47, if you would read yep. that. And now, my son, see that ye take care of these sacred things. Yea, see that ye look to God and live. Go unto this people and declare the word and be sober, my son. Farewell. Okay. The last last thing he says to him when he's when he's counseling with him. Look to God and live, that part. Yes. How do you, Julie, look to God and live each day? Uh repentance is part of that. Okay. But I honestly, honestly, um, this is something I've been trying to study a little bit more about and understand a little bit better. And it's been kind of cool as we've read like first Peter and second Peter and some of these epistles at the end with first John specifically about God's love. And part of what I've been trying to understand is how to make looking to God and focusing on God and applying the things that like th that relationally should exist in my life, my relationship with Heavenly Father and my relationship with Jesus Christ, how to make them less abstract and, you know, Good. kind of ethereal. Yes, and yes. Figure out. And, and I realized that, and part of what I studied about last week has to do with um, when you know something, you behave differently, right? And if I know God, I will behave differently as a result of that relationship. And part of it is that in order to know God, I have to be looking 
at him, looking towards him, trying to see with his eyes. And so when I think of the phrase, look to God and live, in part, I think about not only trying to see him, but trying to see like him. Does that make any sense? Yes. yes. And so I'm looking to him as kind of the guide, the, you know, and we're going to study about this actually in the book of Revelation, this next little bit in chapters one through five, we're going to talk about, they set up in chapter four, the throne of God at the very beginning. And, you know, it becomes kind of this beginning of, and here it's all going to go to crap, but the beginning is the throne of God. And that's where you start and you look at that. And then you look at Jesus Christ and you look at his authority to open the seven seals and you understand, okay, this here is your foundation. And then when it all goes to pot, that is going to last, outlast, last, endure, and that will be there at the end as well. And so that's part of it for me is not just keeping my eye on that, but also trying to like apply that knowledge by seeing with his perspective as well. That was probably more of an answer than you were looking for. That's actually very excellent. No, no, no. That is great because that'll set the foundation for what I'm going to talk about. But let me ask you an intermediate question. How do you do that? Specifically, what do you do? It's very like, and so this is what I mean about the concrete thing. Right. Part of it is that I'm trying, so I'm a little weak sauce in my prayers at night. They're terrible because I'm falling asleep. So I am making more of an effort to pray when I'm awake and to pray at different times during the day. And that's part of it. Part A huge part of it is prayer. And I have envy for the people who share these really incredible experiences with prayer um, in my class. Like it's, you know, divine discontent or what do you call it? Holy envy. So it's not like a <laughs> you know, covetous way, but like I really do, that's something I need to improve upon. So I would say that that is one way. But then another thing is I'm, I'm kind of trying, I mean, not to, it's not cliche, but really to think celestial, like to bounce my perspective on the things that I'm trying to both learn from and make decisions about, bounce it up against like a, the bigger picture and what Heavenly Father's will might be in this situation. And unfortunately, um, when you choose to do that consciously, you're also bouncing up against Oh, I messed that up. Oh, I didn't do okay. that very well. So it's a little bit of a, a painful process. Like, in other words, this look to God and live thing is going to stir up some stuff in, in you. us. And I'm finding it doing that in me. Okay. If I'm honest. Let, let's, 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 to, to help with that condition that you're developing right now, mm-hmm. let's get an even more elemental. I said, what do you do specifically every day? Get even more elemental than that. What do you do to look to God? What kind of little things do you do every day that looks toward God? Not that, not that um, you may even think that that is looking towards God, but it actually is. Okay. Um like most of it's in my thoughts. Okay. Like it's remembering. Okay. It's good. Like kind of pausing and remembering. Um, so there's this book, uh, it's called an early resurrection by Adam Miller. Okay. And he's 
a philosopher, like he's brilliant. And he talks about, we need to live. So little actions, right? Like live, actually live as though we've already died. Mm -hmm. Meaning that we're in the presence of God. And okay. so again, it's like thinking, okay, would I do this if heavenly father were in the room? Mm -hmm. Would I do this if the same, and kind of like, this is a thought thing again, but those are, I literally do some of those things. I'm like, Oh, would I talk that way? If you know, good. Um, so you're talking about, and uh, help me out here. Um, unconscious or conscious incompetence in that point okay. where you see where you ought to be, where you see you, what you should be thinking, but at the same time, you're not quite there and you're trying to get there though. Right. Totally. Totally. Okay. A hundred percent. Great. Stumbling every step of the way and okay. I'm still not doing enough. Okay. Ho 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 hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yes, you are. Okay. Let's get there. Let's get there. Do you have a calling? Oh yeah. What is your calling? So teaching the adult religion class and teaching the seniors. Do you prepare for that? And choir, choir pianist. Choir pianist. Very good. Do you prepare for those? Oh, absolutely. Might that be unconscious competence of looking to God? That's pretty good, Kevin. What? Maybe? That's pretty, that's pretty good. Okay. Can I share something with you? Please. I don't want to derail you. Do you want me to share it in a minute? Do you want to finish your thought first? No, go for it. Okay. So I actually had this epiphany that the point you just right now made when I was on a run last week, I was in Sun River. I was pushing Matt okay. and I was listening to a podcast and thinking about the love of God. And I'm like, do I love God? I'm like, do I actually, like, do I feel it? And the epiphany that I had is that, Julie, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. That love you have for God has changed you and will continue to change you. So it's unconsciously competent. Yes, you love God. It's part of you. Good. And it actually was like really touching to me because... I was feeling a little bit um, like I was struggling to make space to feel because I had so many other big things that were making me feel big emotions that I was struggling to make space to feel God's love for me. And I'm like, oh, shoot, am I, you know, also not doing a great job of loving him. But I'm like, no, in how I live, I'm loving him. So, and sorry. So when you love your kids, when you love your husband, you're looking to God and living. 100%. Right? Which happens all day long, doesn't it? When you re read your scriptures, when you pray, even if you don't think it's a, even if you don't think it's a powerful prayer, you are looking to him. You may, you may be further, you may not be further down the path than as, as much as you want, as far down the path as you want, but you're looking, even if it's in that in that context, even if it's a far, if even if he's a far way off, you're still looking to him. Aren't oh, you? that's that's that, it's I, kind of like that idea of we aren't always gonna hit the mark perfectly, but we can have perfect aim. Right, like good. Like yes, look. Yes, I like 
like the, that. The, the, the looking to God and living has nothing to do with distance. It has to do with what way are we aiming, right? Direction. And so in light of this, might it be that every time we look to God in even those small ways that we are in some way repenting? Because that's literally what it is by definition, you mean? Right. Like to turn. And I always think of that as my eyes, to put my eyes back on God. So yes. every time you are loving your children, every time you are preparing a lesson, every, I'm, we are looking to God and living. So do you remember the question that you asked me at the very beginning about how well we understand repentance? And I said, I think we're in the conscious incompetence phase. Yeah. One of the things that I have not done or aligned in my brain yet is that repentance does not involve, please forgive me for every single time. Good. Like I still have this, oh, did I repent today? Oh, please I, I, forgive me. Me too. Me too. So like literally what you're saying is like, this is a different kind of way to understand that paradigm better that sometimes even in our efforts to look we are in fact actually repenting oh i love that insight all right now i'm going to take a 180 go off in a completely different direction now oh i'm uh, driving with this why you got to turn us around <laughs> what is happening Okay, now I want to ask you a few more questions. In our discussion, who spoke the most, you or I? I think I talked more than you, didn't I? Yeah. I did I did tell a story about merit, didn't I? But no, you asked me questions and then you built off of what I said. So I started, I'm going to look at my notes here. Where's my mouse there? I started off with... Tell me about the repentance, uh, the connotation of repentance overall, right? right? And then we read 2 Nephi 2.21. I said, who must repent? And yeah. you said, everyone. And that is a binary question. That yeah. is a very simple question, right? Easily find, findable, great. Findoutable, whatever. Jacob 7.12 we read. And then why must repent? What does lost mean? Those are factual and explanatory questions. And so we started with a binary, went to factual, went to explanatory, asked you a few other explanatory and went back to some binary. So I said, um, tell me if I, tell me a time when you felt lost, kind of wandering. Were you yeah. ever really lost? Are you lost to God? Those are binary questions, yes or no. They, they aren't, right? Then we started getting to, into more um, in, introspective. <laughs> thank you interrogatory is where I went, introspective questions, oh. introspective yeah. questions, like, well, one of the, one of the explanatory questions was, how do you look to God every day? And you started to explain that. But then I asked uh, an introspective question, like, how would, how do you think God feels if you are lost on purpose, you are lost, but he isn't lost to you. And then you got all animated, right? You were like, it's like, you started talking with your hands really big, right? Oh, aggressively. Want, yes, aggressively. He wants it, right? And that, and then at the end, I started asking some introspective questions. And then and I cried. Th and then you cried. And then I finished yeah. it with a binary question of how, you know, might it be that when we do these things that we are actually repenting? 
so I did this whole thing not to talk about repentance, although that is a great side thing of it. My point is, is when we understand the different types of questions and we can use them in specific ways, in specific patterns, it's, it, tra- it, it, it creates a path. And what we're trying to do is create a path toward more understanding. And it helps us go from basics to here's a scripture. What does it mean? Here's some things to deep inside of us of, oh my goodness, I'd never thought of this before to kind of more of a transformational, oh, that means this, right? Of course, it's not the questions that actually do that. It's not me that does that. It's the spirit. Every time it's the spirit, but that helps create an atmosphere where the spirit can be there. Wow. Okay. So can I share from my perspective? First of all, I had no idea that's what you were doing. Okay. Genuinely had no idea. I didn't even track it in my brain. Like I know the types of questions. I didn't track it in my brain. But what happened as I was going through is I thought in my mind, I'm like, wow, Kevin, you are like pushing me to think like, wow, I wasn't expecting to think this hard. And don't you think, like, I felt so engaged. Do you remember when you even ended it? I was like, I like this track that we're going down. Like, it felt really good to me. And I think that's exactly what happens with the people that we teach. Like, they feel like almost led, not pushed, not, you know, like they're getting stuff crammed into them, nothing. Like, they feel led and emotionally engaged. Right. Yeah. And, I love, I love at the end that you said, no, I want to keep going down this track. I, that, that just tells me like at the end of a class, if I have it and there, and the, and maybe the teens or the, the adults or whomever is like, they're, they're like, oh my goodness. Yes. Can we keep just, can we keep going? Can we keep on this oh, next yeah. week or right? I want to talk more about this. I think, oh yes, it started to sink in a little bit. Finally. Oh, yeah. that's, that's what I wanted. And again, okay, so let me Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was just going to say, and again, and I have to be careful because it's not me, it's the spirit. I'm just trying to open up a space for the spirit to be there and for the spirit to teach them because I can never create that type of change in someone or those kind of inspirational thoughts. And everyone, if we had had a bigger group here, your thoughts of what we talked about will be a little bit different or maybe a lot big bit different than someone else's thoughts. And that's the spirit teaching each person individually. Okay. So when you're saying that, I'm thinking, okay, you know that the spirit is going to do the instructing. That's the point that you're making right now. But you as the teacher still need to do the preparation. If I'm guessing what you have written down in front of you is nothing except those questions. Am I right? That's pretty much it. Yeah. I'm looking at my notes right now. Um... I have the references to the, the scriptures. Um, scriptures, And yeah. then it's all, you're right. It's all questions after that. Yeah. Okay. So I actually, I wonder if my notes are right here from last week. They might be, hold on one second. Let me see if I can find them. So I had a little bit of kind of a, oh, they're not right here. Dang it. I had a little bit of um, a difficult lesson a couple of weeks ago. And I, what we're going to talk about next time, 
mm-hmm. is part of what I learned from that. Okay, so I'll save that for next time. But one of the things that I noticed as I was preparing is that all I really put on the paper was questions. Like I put information, I gave people links to certain things. Like as I was studying, I was gathering resources so that people could go and, you know, do their own study at home. But the actual discussion, all I had written down and I was like, oh my gosh, that's hardly anything was two main questions and then some subsidiary questions. And those two main questions took 45 minutes to discuss. Wow. That's pretty awesome. It was, it was awesome. And it felt really good. <laughs> so, and you just literally just did that. And I didn't even know that's what you were doing. Right. And, and I'll tell you, and I don't know what you did with your questions, but with my questions, when I went through them and it was, and it was preparing this, I took a question and went, mm, that's not quite right. Change, change a word. I mean, for example, um, I, at first I put, when we talked about lost at the very beginning, my first question was, what's the definition of lost? And then I went, no, that's not the right question. Because if I ask, what is the definition of lost? You may, it's possible that you may go to more of a textbook. Okay, well, it could mean this because there are multiple definitions, you know, but if I say, what does lost mean to you? Then, okay, that's, that's a completely different answer. And then we can then by saying, well, there are other meanings of the word lost. And then someone might go, oh, okay. Then, then what that does is it, in a way, it kicks them out of what they're thinking to, I need to expand. And it just mm-hmm. opens up, helps them and flexes the muscle of opening up their mind. And by doing that at the beginning, by helping them do that, by asking specific questions, they are automatically kicked out of what I think is right to, I need to be thinking about and I need to be a little bit more open to what's what's happening here. Con- unconsciously, they're actually doing that. Um, but there are a number of times when I, again, looking at my questions here, I said, uh, so what can we do so we are not lost? And I said, nope. What can you do so you are not lost? Mm-hmm. I just changed mm-hmm. those words. And then there are no, all of the questions that I went through, I refined, I made them a little bit better, made them a little bit more concise, or change one or two words in there, and it has a completely different meaning. And so I spent most of my time on the questions itself. So I remember you telling me this once when we were talking about the topic of questions. Um, You said that it's an iterative process. Like you literally have people sometimes go through an exercise where you have them write the question that they want to ask 10 times. Yeah. And usually by about eight or nine, they're starting to get to what they actually want to ask. Um, there, there was a general authority this week and he was speaking with the missionaries. Dang, I don't have my phone sitting right here. All these resources that I want. Oh, my might. It might be here. Um, and he was speaking with the missionaries. And one of the things that he said to them, my parents sent me a picture of the slide. I can't find it because I don't have my phone. Um, he talked to them about preparing the questions that they want to ask of their friends before going and really like praying about those and having those questions be their preparation for the discussions more than the content itself being preparation. Interesting. I know, isn't that awesome? Yeah, no kidding. I thought it was fantastic and very validating to the points that you're making right now. And that's, I mean, that's where you wanna do your revising. You don't wanna figure out how to better script the point that you wanna make 
you want to figure out how to better ask the question so they can make the point themselves. There you go. Perfect. Yes, yes, yes. It is so much. It is so much more powerful if the person who is being taught is making the point rather than right. me making the point. Right. It comes from them. It comes from inside them. And they say it in a way that makes sense to them rather than me saying it in a way and them having to try to interpret it to, to their circumstances. Such a good point. Right. And hard to do because it sure is fun to be the person to drop the bomb of like, oh, yeah, and here's the point. And everybody goes, oh, yeah. Right. But not as impactful as them being like, oh, yeah. 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 So there was hand signals in there. So if somebody's just <laughs> listening to that, that whole breathing thing is not going to actually be that Make meaningful. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I forget the setting sometimes. That's right. So if you're just listening on this to uh, on the podcast, you may want to go jump over every now and then and watch Julie with her hands. It's fabulous. It's a whole different way of communicating. And the face, yeah, it is. We communicate in all these different ways. Podcast is good and it's only voice, but this. That's a body language. That's a body language. Right. <laughs> so takeaways from today. Actually, let me ask you. What have you taken away from today? Wow, what a great question. So basically what you are asking me is to articulate the points that you made to see whether or not they sunk in. No. That's one of the things that we talked. No, part of it is, isn't it? Like we talked about this with Greg and with Brad, that sometimes okay. you can ask them, what is it that you that you got out of this? And, like and, let and, them make the point for you. And, and that's true. But at the same time, I think actually more on my end, I want to know what you took away and it may be so, because I have, I've done this so many times when someone says something, I'm like, whoa, and that just stirred something in me. And then I took something away a little bit different than what they were really trying, the point that they were really trying to make, but it was more for me and I can relate it to more myself where if I said it back, they'd be like, yeah, that's not quite what I meant, but right. So really okay. what? I'm not fishing for anything. It is really, honestly, just what did you take away for you? So you are asking that from a place of humility versus validation, which I assumed, which is probably horrible of me. Sorry. No, no, hey. no. The, the other questions need to be asked as well. Okay. I will tell you what I took away. Okay. First of all, I took away some great points about repentance, but I think that what I took away even more, which by the way, those were really great points about repentance. I really enjoyed that journey. That was a great, great discussion. I took away a kind of a feeling, the feeling of being led. And what I heard you say is that as a teacher, the preparation that you did was all about the questions that you were going to ask. And the point of those questions was to get me to reflect specifically on how the principle that we were discussing, discussing fits into my life. Like, how am I able to apply it? How am I currently applying it? Like, Part of it was actually very validating that I'm not as far off the mark as I might have Good. thought I was. And that was just, it, I felt like what you did is you led me to have personal insights rather than dropping insights all over the place. And that came because of the preparation you did and the questions that you asked. Great. I love that. I'm so glad. Um, I'll, I'll, let me tell you what I got out of today. Because, yes. because I prepped it, right? And so it wasn't as much of a, 
Um, I, I, in fact, what I went through, honestly, is as, as I was reading scriptures one day, is kind of what I led you through is what I went through reading scriptures that one day. Yeah. I was like, whoa, I hadn't thought of this. Well, this is pretty and cool. Now, then, then the question was, how do I maybe help someone understand the same thing or something similar to them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I took away is something that you said at the beginning is that a, a reminder that as we go through these things that we may realize just how off the mark we are or just how far away we are from our goal of where we want to be but and I hadn't thought I hadn't thought about this point that I actually I actually made this point but I hadn't thought about it in advance is that it almost doesn't matter how far away it's where are we looking right and and in our teaching as long as we understand and know and we're looking that way like you said it may be painful because we're not doing it right <laughs> we're messing up right. a lot but maybe the next time we don't mess up as much and the next time it's a little bit better and as long as we're looking that direction as long as we're trying to get better that's what matters that's what, i think about my kids if when my kids make a mistake they're like oh, i don't care okay i get a, i get a little uncomfortable with that i'm i'm not excited about them you know i maybe have a little hard heart toward them like come on buddy buck up here and do but if they're like oh i just oh i messed up i'm, I'm trying though i'm like try as much as you want fail right. as much as you I'm want that's great this with you yes right. we started the the day this this podcast with pickleball i'm gonna go back to pickleball yesterday royce and dixon and i were playing pickleball and dixon who is almost 13 he would he would hit it and and out and go oh i'm sorry i'm like don't care you're learning that's what matters i mean it really is he was try, he was headed the right way and that's and so that's what i took away as long as you're headed the right way make mistakes that's what that's what the atonement is for that's what jesus christ is for and i can see heavenly father saying great you made a mistake keep going keep right. doing that until you get to the spot just keep going you're headed in the right way so that's what i took away from it I love it. And I love the emphasis of you banging on the desk because your whole camera shook and it like felt <laughs> like that emotion. We felt there it. Go. That's why you sometimes have to watch the podcast because it was entertaining. That's funny. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Julie. I thank love you, our discussions back and forth. That is just so very good. Um, for everyone here, if you would please share this podcast with other teachers. Go to uh go to uh, your go to your ward and say, hey, you got to listen to this. And, and and why? Just because we want everyone to be a better teacher of the restored gospel. That's that's really what we're trying to help people do. And if this has helped you at all, please share it. Please subscribe. Please, please like. Please leave a comment. All of that good stuff. And uh, anything else you want to add to that, Julie? No, just thank you. What a great discussion. I love today great. Thanks, everyone. Take care, and we'll see you next week.